Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. You have the Holy Spirit, who's the greatest teacher ever. He can bring you clarity and understanding of what his word says. But if you're not a believer, you can approach the word of God. You can read the word of God. And you could think you understand what the word of God is saying. But without a relationship with Jesus, you'll never fully understand what it's talking about. And it is good when God has someone who is who has that relationship with him in the house, so to speak, to bring clarity. God is supreme and sovereign, not just over his own people, but over believers and unbelievers alike. He warns and disciplines those who are his enemies in order to accomplish his purposes. But those who don't know God personally need help in understanding God's messages of warning. Today, Pastor James will explain the importance of God's people out in the world, helping those who don't know God understand the true meaning of his word. Use your special knowledge of God to help unbelievers before it's too late. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Daniel chapter 5 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. this celebration's going on, you can tell like eyes are beginning to, to bulge and to pop out. And it's like, and then Belshazzar, he turns and he sees it and he's like, well, that's not good. I've never seen that before. It has such an effect on him. Verse six, it says the king's color changed. He went just pale as can be. His thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way. His knees knocked together. This might be a good description of if you've ever had to stand up in front of people and speak and you're doing that thing and your knees are knocking together and uh, you're like, oh, my stomach feels sick, right? Um, That's kind of what's happening here, but really what's happening here? And listen, I don't plan these things out. This is just like the providence of God, right? Like how in control God is. Um, because what happens to this guy apparently happens to a lot of leaders and rulers of our day and age. His bowels loosened. I mean, he, he had an accident right there. Like that's literally what it says. And I, I wrote it on my, the side of my, my Bible there, his bowels literally loosened. Like he was, it, he got, it was scared right out of him. (laughs) I mean, literally There he is, the king, the ruler of the known world, needs to go change his pants. And I mean that in the British term, like the pants, you guys get it. In America, his pants are like jeans. In Britain, over in England, pants are, well, pants are underwear. I mean, that's just how it is. So Belshazzar, I got to quit calling him Nebuchadnezzar. Like he messed himself right there. That's how impactful this moment was for him. That's how afraid, how moved he was. It's the, the term we get, the writings on the wall. This is where we get that term from. This is where we get that phrase from, I should say. And quite literally, the writing was on the wall, and he was just like, this isn't good. This isn't good. 
Immediately, verse 7, the king called loudly to bring the enchanters, the Chaldeans, the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple, that's a color of royalty, and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Third ruler meaning this, my dad's number one, I'm number two, and that part in that pun, but uh, I'm the second guy in command. And then whoever can discern what this means is the third. I'll make him the third ruler. Here's what's fascinating about this. What was written on the wall? Well, that was God's word. Here's what we can learn from that. I don't care how smart the world is. The world will never be able to discern or understand the word of God without a man or believer of God to interpret it. This is why you need, this is why you need teachers. I mean, people want to get down on, on churches and all that good stuff. Like, I don't like organized religion. Well, you like disorganized religion? Come on, nobody wants disorganized religion. And I get what they're talking about, the structural type stuff and all that. I'm like, all organisms have organization. That's how it works, okay? So, well, but I don't want somebody sitting up there teaching me and all this stuff. Well, that's how God has it established. That's the way it is. That's how he has it established. And God's word, and we know this, that's why we show up on Sundays and Wednesdays. That's why you show up on Tuesdays. We want to understand what his word says. Now, if you're a believer, you don't really need me. You have the Holy Spirit, who's the greatest teacher ever. He can bring you clarity and understanding of what his word says. But if you're not a believer, you can approach the word of God. You can read the word of God. And you could think you understand what the word of God is saying. But without a relationship with Jesus, you'll never fully understand what it's talking about. And it is good when God has someone who, is, who has that relationship with him in the house, so to speak, to bring clarity, to bring interpretation to what, to what he's written. That's necessary. Belshazzar brings all the wise men, brings all of them and says, what does that say? What does it mean? And they look at it and they say, we have no idea. We have no idea. They can't interpret it because they have no clue what, what it even means. He's promising them great gifts and all that. I mean, this is like, if you ever were going to try to like figure something out as far as, you know, being one of these wise men, this is your moment because, I mean, he can promote you to third in the kingdom. Like that's major. That's, that's a major promotion. But it says, verse eight, all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. They, they couldn't. And it didn't try as they might, they would never be able to bring an interpretation because again, there's no relationship. There's no relationship. What you need from a Bible teacher is for, well, you hope that they have a relationship with God because I don't care how smart they are. They're never going to be able to interpret this thing as God intended it to be interpreted. And just so we understand this, just like with this word that God has written on the walls of Babylon, with this word as well, there is singular one interpretation. There's not many interpretations. There's not 
well, what do you think it means? And what do I think it means? There's none of that. It means what it means. And whether I come to that conclusion or agree with that or not makes no difference at all. Because there are many observations, there are many applications, but there is only one interpretation. Just like in the story. These wise men could have been like, well, to me, I think it means this. You know what's going to happen at the end of the night? Belshazzar's dying. I think it means God wants you to be prosperous and enjoy a great, fruitful life. And, you know, in a matter of hours, he's dead. It didn't matter what you think it means. All that matters is, well, this is what it says, and this is what it means. So, the great wisdom of Babylon does them no good. All the worldly wisdom profits them nothing, nothing. There's only one, as far as we know, because they only call upon Daniel. Where's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? I have no idea. I have no clue. They may, they may have passed away by this point in time. Daniel is like probably 85 years old at this time. We are coming to the end of captivity for Babylon. The 70 years are basically coming to a close. So Daniel's in his 80s by now, and he's the only one, and maybe they, he's the only one they call upon because he has experience in this stuff. But, verse 9, King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed and his color changed. I don't know how his color changed again or to what. Maybe it went from ghostly white to like gr sickly green. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on there. But th this dude's color is changing in his face. His lords were perplexed. The queen, verse 10. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet hall and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Now, I do think it's interesting to note that, number one, the queen is probably not Belshazzar's wife. This actually was probably Nebuchadnezzar's daughter. Okay? So just because it says queen doesn't mean she was married to Belshazzar. And it wasn't his mom. It was probably, well, I don't think it was his mom. Um, but it was, it could have been his mom. Um, there was some intermarrying going on back then. So, um, but she was not his wife. So she comes into the party. So she has no dealings with this party that's going on at all. But she hears what's going on, a commotion. She goes in and she's going to let this guy know, Belshazzar, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. Again, that's like the third time that's referenced there, which means that this some sort of significance to this dude was really shaken. Okay, that's all I know. There's a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy gods, in, uh, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, or the spirit of God. I prefer that translation a little bit better. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, uh, like the wisdom of the gods, were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers, because an excellent spirit, knowledge, and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. So at this point in time, Daniel is no longer the chief of all of these things. He's probably in peaceful retirement. He's just probably retired, long forgotten. 20 some odd years have passed by since he was last on the scene. But he is remembered by one, and it's the, uh, the queen, more likely the daughter of Nebuchadnezzar, is like, I, there's this guy, 
and he's still alive. I remember he has, man, he, he has like a direct line to God. He's, he, he knows stuff. He can interpret stuff. He can tell you what it means. So they sent for Daniel. Verse 13, Daniel was brought in before the king. I do want to note this as well. Daniel was not a part of the party. He wasn't a part of the drunken party. We're like, well, Daniel could have been a great witness if he'd been at that party. Daniel's a better witness in a sober state of mind uh, coming in at the end of this party. All right? So you can take that as you may and all that good stuff. Should Christians be at parties and all that stuff? I'm not the Holy Spirit right? You got the Holy Spirit living inside you. He tells you not to go somewhere. Don't go somewhere. I know that this party was a complete defilement towards themselves and a somewhat of a middle finger to God. And so Daniel, he, number one, he's not going to be invited to that party. And if he was, he'd be like, not RSVPing. I don't want to be a part of what you guys got going on. And why would he? Why would anybody who loves God want to be a part of this debauchery? I mean, honestly, This is a flat out blatant, like, again, spitting in the face of God kind of celebration. So Daniel's not there. The queen's not there. Not everybody was there. He is brought in. The king answered and said to Daniel, you are that Daniel, the one of, uh, one of the exiles of Judah, whom the king, my father brought from Judah. I've heard that you, that the spirit of the gods or the spirit of God is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the enchanters have been brought in before me to read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not show me the interpretation of the matter. But I've heard that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Now, if you can read the writing and make known to me its interpretation, you shall be clothed in purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Daniel, 85-year-old Daniel. He's like, gold chains? He's like, man, I'm not rocking gold chains anymore. Are you crazy? Like, I don't want to be the third ruler of this nation. Are you kidding me? Like, no 85-year-old should want to be in charge of anything at that point in time. Like, just Daniel's enjoying retirement, okay? But he makes this promise to him. Daniel answers and said, to the, said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and your rewards, your rewards for another. He's like, I don't want your money. I don't need your money. I don't want your money. He says, I'll read the writings to the king and make known to him the interpretation. He's like, you keep your stuff. I'll tell you what it says, though. Now, here's like Grandpa Daniel, and he's about to throw down on this probably younger, brash, arrogant, godless king. O king, most high, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, kingship and greatness and glory and majesty. And because, the, uh, because of the greatness that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would, he killed, and whom he would, he kept alive. Whom he would, he raised up, and whom he would, he humbled. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was brought down from his kingly throne, and his glory was taken from him. He was driven from among uh, the children of mankind, and his mind was made like that of a beast. His dwelling was with the wild donkeys." 
He was fed grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until he knew that the Most High God rules the kingdom of mankind and sets over it whom he will. Now, I do want to say that this um, seven periods of time kind of a thing, uh, did some more research on that. And I told you guys that there's some people who think that's seven years, but there's a lot who think that that's not seven years. And uh, I align myself with the not seven year camp. Here's why. Um, the, essentially, what, what probably happened there was the seven periods of time actually speak of seasons. So this was like a, about a year and three quarters of time. So you got four seasons, and then he went through spring, summer, and fall, maybe, who knows? I can't tell you which seasons are all that, until he finally came to his senses and turned his eyes up to the heavens and, you know, basically cried out to God, humbled himself. That's what I believe. You can go on thinking, if you want, seven years. It just seems a little bit out there for a king to be gone for seven years' time. And you're like, well, what, what were they doing while he was gone? right? Now, a year and three quarters, okay. That's, that's you know, we, we see how that works within, even with our own governmental system. We're like, where are these leaders at? Where are some of these leaders at? Where are they hiding at? Why are they hiding? Why don't we see these people more often? Oh, I don't know. There's probably reasons for that. Maybe they're living out in the field, chewing on grass. I don't know. But um, praise God. I pray that some of these guys, I won't mention names. I won't mention parties. I don't care about either of those. I pray that they turn their eyes to the Lord, whoever they may be. Democrats, Republicans, hey, they all, I think they all need to be humbled. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's some of those guys and, and ladies that are, men. they love the Lord and they are, the Lord has them there and it's amazing. And then there's some of them who don't love the Lord and the Lord has them there still. And, uh, I pray they have a Nebuchadnezzar-type moment within their lives. That's uh, how I feel about politics. Um, I pray that, you know, and even if that means they spend some time out in the field chewing on grass, well then, hey, enjoy your vegan diet for, you know, a year and three quarters. Um, but I pray, that they, I pray that they turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord, man. I don't, it's, it, it, Daniel summarizes it here. But he's like, this is what happened to your grandfather. Your grandfather was only the king because God let him be the king. That's, that's it. But he humbled himself. He turned his eyes to God. Verse 22, and you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, though you knew all this. You can't plead ignorance. I didn't know it. I didn't know that, right? It's like, no, you were around when your grandfather lost his mind. And when he came back, praising God. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. And this is true for all of humanity. There is no excuse for not turning to God. There's no excuse. And I don't care what people say. Well, we, we got these people living in these jungles and, you know, they don't need Americans to go and save them. They have their conscience. And God can speak to their conscience. Now, is it good for missionaries to go out? Absolutely. And to share the gospel. We need more of that. Absolutely. But if you think God is limited by our missionary acts, you don't understand God. He's bigger than that. Can he use our great missionary acts? Absolutely. And he does. And praise God when he does that. But man, if he wants to show up 
in Babylon and have a one-on-one with the king of the known world, guess what he's going to do? He's going to show up and do that. If he wants to show up and stop the, the, the strongest opponent to Christianity named Saul on a road to Damascus, he's going to show up and blind that dude and have an encounter with him. He doesn't need us, but man, isn't it cool that he uses us? It's amazing. Here's Belshazzar. He's probably not expecting Daniel. He, all he wants is Daniel. He's like, just tell me what that says. And Daniel's like, uh-uh, we're not getting to that yet because you got an issue. And your issue is pride. You're a prideful man. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> this is what Grandpa Daniel was saying. He's like, I want to deal with your heart right now. This is an act of grace by, by Daniel. Don't mistake it. This is an act of grace. Because in one sense, what Daniel is doing is revealing this king's wretched heart to himself. They're saying, you're, you're not right. You're not right. Daniel already knows what it means. Daniel, as soon as he walked into that room, he probably saw and said, ooh, yikes. Hey, Belshazzar, you better humble yourself. I, I mean, I admire this. And, and as, as a pastor, I, I have tremendous amounts of respect for Daniel who can stand before people and say, hey, we'll, we'll get to this stuff later. Let's talk about your heart right now. Is your heart set on him? Because if it's not, then you're not right. And the most important thing in your life right now is that your heart belonged to Jesus. Because guess what, guys? The writing is on the wall for all of us. The writing is on the wall for all of us. Belshazzar is like, dude, I just want you to tell me what it says. And I'm really, fingers crossed, hoping it's something good. <laughs> Although they know anytime God's hand shows up and writes on the wall, it's not going to be a good thing. Sweet party, bro, right? No, that's not what he's doing. That's not what he's writing on the wall. He says, this is what Daniel says. And Daniel, again, he, he hasn't been at the party. He hasn't been at the party. Verse 23, but you have lifted yourself up or lifted up yourself against the Lord of heaven. And the vessels of his house have been brought in before you and you and your lords and your wives and your concubines have drunk wine from them. And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. But the God in whose hand is your breath and those whose are all your ways uh, you, have not, you have not honored. Essentially what he's saying there is like, um, Boshazar, you've taken the vessels of God from the house of God, the temple of God, and you've defiled them. This is a blatant, absolute, I mean, he, he's elevating himself above God. He's like, your grandfather knew better than that. In fact, your grandfather learned a great lesson by doing that because that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. He's like, you should have learned from his lesson. But because you haven't learned from his lesson, Belshazzar's probably like, can I be a cow for like seven months or seven seasons? Can I do that? And he's like, Mm-mm. no, you should have learned. You had an example. 
to learn from. You have no excuse. The book of Daniel is so interesting because many of the prophecies spoken of have played out in the course of history. What an amazing glimpse of what was to come ahead of time. If there's one thing that's for sure about prophecy in the Bible, it is going to come true. Some of these things might seem a little scary or altogether strange, but how cool is it that God brings everything to a place where He's in control? and he'll bring about good in the end. If you're wrestling with things being out of your control, be reminded through the book of Daniel that God has got this. Here at Bread for the Broken, we want to be a support to you in whatever you're currently walking through. And if you'd like to use us as a resource or just give a listening ear, we're here for you. Go to breadforthebroken.com and click on contact to leave a message for us. We'd love to get to know you in person, too. So join us Sundays or Wednesdays as we study God's Word together. Head on over to breadforthebroken.com to find out our service times and directions. We're so grateful for our listening audience. And if this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you consider teaming up with us in a financial way? Much is done to get these teachings on the radio, and we're thankful for those who feel led by God to contribute in such a way. Simply go to the About tab on our website and you'll find a donate link. Also, if you missed any part of today's teaching, you can find it on our website, breadforthebroken.com. Thanks again for listening today to Bread for the Broken. 